0: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au.
1: T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.
2: Off the bench with Paul Hazelby and Jimmy Williams.
0: Good morning off the bench, Jimmy Williams, Paul Hazelby. Happy long weekend to all the listeners out there. Paul Hazelby, great to have your company. Great
2: to be with you, Jimmy. How lucky are all our listeners. They get the long weekend, but us in the radio business, no long weekend for Mm. us, but we're just going to continue on and deliver some really good content today for you to drive to wherever you're going on your holiday. (laughs) Sports
0: update for Novus. There's a Novus near you, 13-22-34. Paul Hazelby, the Derby, officially moved from Fremantle Oval to Optus Stadium. It took a long
2: time. Unbelievable. They sold 6,500 tickets down there at Fremantle Oval, But because it wasn't a stadium, that would have been reduced to maybe 500 or 1,000 patrons, which is not ideal. But then they go to Optus Stadium and the game before that, or the day before that, mm. we have the double doubleheader women, where you can have crowds there. So in their release they did make mention of a few different reasons. One is the staffing. I think that is the big issue okay. they can't do it on a Sunday, which to me doesn't make a lot of sense. If you can do it on on Saturday, you've had two or three days to potentially organise it. Maybe they could have put a cap on it. How many do you think would have gone to this Western Derby? Ten thousand, given what we're seeing out there more, with COVID right more now, than that. more than that. Yeah, you think more. the appetite is there right now? Because yeah. thirty thousand would have been the maximum under yep. the capacity of the fifty percent stadium rule. I would have thought maybe only ten 000 to fifteen thousand, in okay. my opinion, at this stage. As COVID continues to grow, the Eagles, you know, not having the best preseason, the Dockers a little bit different. But it is going to be important, isn't it? That game, the West Coast Eagles, of (laughs) course, they only had 25 fit players. Good news is that Luke Shuey will... Come back into main training next week. And Sam Piotrowski-Seaton, the other one, who will be available for Sunday's game. For the Dockers, Justin Longmere made some big calls on his players. Nathan Fife won't play. He'll do a bit next week, potentially heading into round one. Darcy Tucker won't play at this stage. Lloyd Meek will go back. He did a good job, Lloyd Meek, and he's a good backup. But Sean Darcy has come in. Monday's back. Luke Ryan is there as well. And the other one that has come back is Michael Walters. So it's a pretty good four that come back into this team.
0: Especially after what the Eagles dished up last week. Yeah, it's impressive. But um, I have a question for you. Darcy Tucker this year, where do you see him fitting into this this Fremantle team that has so much depth?
2: I don't, really. Unless he plays a wing position, he's okay. not going to play half back. That's where he played last year. They've got so much depth, and I think they've got better players in that position. I think Longmule likes the idea of him through the midfield, but on the back of what Will Brody did, on the back of Fife and Mundy coming back into the midfield, I thought Mitch Crodon last week took his opportunity as a starting inside midfielder, so that probably pushes Darcy Tucker back to the reserves until he puts in some really good performances. Of course, the wing positions, you've got Liam Henry, who we think will take one, you've still got Ace, you've still got Blake Akers that can fill those roles, and maybe Jordan Clark or Hayden Young that can push up into those positions.
0: And what about the whirlwind week of Patrick Nash, of course, uh, was on a list, was training with a a club, and now he gets a chance for West Coast after flying into WA.
2: It's unbelievable, isn't it? And I think I was critical, you might have been critical, and I know all the waffle clubs were critical of this supplemental selection period rule that came into the AFL. Well, you maybe not because you're a lover of the waffle and you love to see your guys get an opportunity to play at the AFL level. But it has been fantastic, hasn't it? It's changed the game. It's helped out some of those clubs that are in need and that's what it's there for. When a club like West Coast is on its knees with midfielders, you need that opportunity to bring a player in and that is Patrick Nash. He's got to train the house down. He may get a good look in the game tomorrow night to press his claims. But we saw it with Hugh Dixon. We've seen it across the competition. Nick Martin over there at the Bombers, I think it's fantastic. And if you're a youngster that's missed out, Jimmy... You'd be feeling pretty good because there's always a puncher's chance. Yeah, I'm with you, Hayes. I I, I love it. I love I it. I didn't because... like it originally because I yeah. thought it was too disruptive, and there's enough opportunities when you look at you've got the rookie draft, you had the draft, mm-hmm. but this gives that extra opportunity for the kids.
0: Don't let your old windscreen end up as landfill. Call Novus Class 13 22 34. Really looking forward to that second Western derby, Two in two weeks. How lucky are we tomorrow afternoon? Doubled merits are now in effect until midnight Monday the second. 7th of March for drink or drug driving, not wearing a seatbelt or running a red light. Get caught and you could lose your license twice as fast. Jimmy Williams and Paul Hazelby back with more soon.
2: Off the bench with Paul
0: Hazelby and Jimmy Williams. Welcome back. Hope you're having a cracking long weekend. Jimmy Williams and Paul Hayes will be with you on this Saturday morning. Let's get into the dig, Hayes. Dial before you dig the essential first step. And men's football is back. The Amy Community Series began on Thursday night. And Hayes, Hayes. The Melbourne players just haven't understood what the AFL have come out and said in the preseason, have they?
2: They're not picking up what they put down. Clearly, they want to cut down on time-wasting and umpire dissent. And there was eight 50-metre penalties. That's a record. Equal record since 1999. That is a record when you're talking about 50-metre penalties. But I think they were all there. I think we know the rules. There was one on Christian Petrarca, which just had everybody going crazy because he was frustrated with himself. Was it on Christian Petrarca? No, it wasn't. No. That's That's the big thing that I was going to say. It was on Tom McDonald who was in the background and he was raising his arms towards the umpire and that's what they want to stop and there's a reason for this and I think everybody every stakeholder in the game of football has a part to play whether you're the coach, whether you're a player, whether you're a supporter, or whether you're like us in the media talking about it. There is a shortfall of 6,000 umpires when you talk about community level. That's why they're doing it and we all have a part to play. What did you think of the way that Christian Petrarca
0: reacted to that free kick though? Because he he tensed his arms up and you could see that he was He was quite upset with himself, but it wasn't directed toward the umpire, so it definitely wasn't against
2: Petrarca. I'm okay with that. That's not going to be 50, is it? No, I'm okay with that because I think he was more angry maybe with himself, firstly, for not getting the right technique with his tackle, and secondly, to give away the free kick. Athletes, competitive beasts, games on the line, they're always going to show a bit of emotion. If you show the emotion in the right way and you're looking towards the player and you're not doing anything demonstrative towards the umpire, Mm. I'm okay with that.
0: Now, the one that I love that they've cracked down on Hayes is the time-wasting. And mm. I saw Ed Langdon. He gave away a free kick. It was a one-on-one scenario. He refused to give the footy back. He was pointing at the player. He knew well and good who the free was against. He knew well and good that it wasn't his free kick four, and the umpire straight away blew the whistle. I love that. I think this is going to really improve the game.
2: It's just a change in interpretation. They've done this a number of times across the last 20 years, and there, there was a time where they were really hard on it, and then they relaxed, and now they've had to go hard again, and they brought it back. But if you want the game to open up, if you want higher scoring, you've got to get the ball back quicker because it doesn't allow teams to push back and defend as one. That's why it's come in and I think it's brilliant and players just need to learn to react with it. But what about Carlton, Jimmy? They were pretty impressive. (laughs) When when you talk about the players that they had out on the weekend and I'm going to go through them, Sam Walsh will come back, Harry Mackay and Charlie Curnow will be there in round one. Mm. They're three big names and we talked about their midfield throughout the week in discussions. We weren't quite sure about their A-graders but Matty Kennedy, who's been around for a while, Mm -hmm. he stood up. 37 two goals Adam Chera was very good in his first game there. George Hewitt was another one. Add that to Paddy Cripps, who was best player on the ground with 30 disposal and four goals. There's four or five A-graders. They're going to be a fun
0: team to watch, Hayes.
2: Tom mm. DeConing jumping from everywhere, oh, trying to take he? Speckies. He looks awesome.
0: I'm really excited for this team. Now, did I hear you during the week say, you don't think they're going to play finals?
2: Ah. Oh. Well, Did you say You that? can't have them all in, Jim. You can't have them all in. Oh, no, you either have Fremantle, eight. you have Sydney, or you have Carlton. I'm going to go Fremantle and Sydney ahead of Carlton and Essendon, the other one. And, of course, you've got all the teams that have been up there for a long time.
0: Just a question without notice. Back on the umpire thing, Hayes, you obviously played a significant amount of AFL footy. Can you just reveal to the listeners how difficult it is to keep your emotion in check and be respectful to the umpires because obviously it's such an important part of the game.
2: It's not easy because your whole life is about being a competitor up to that point. Winning and doing the right thing by your teammate. And when you come in and you do something wrong and you're still trying to do it with the right intentions, but it goes against you, you do get frustrated and you voice that. But it doesn't mean it's directed to the umpire. That's the difference here.
0: Paul Hazelby on respect for umpires, which is so important in the AFL with the crackdown we've seen on Thursday night and more football this weekend. I can't wait. Don't dig yourself into a hole. Lodge a free dial before you dig inquiry. Hayes isn't picking Carlton to make the eight. I am. I think they'll be there playing finals. We'll be back with more soon.
2: Off the bench with Paul Hazelby
0: and Jimmy Williams. Welcome back. Hope you're enjoying your long weekend. Jimmy Williams, Paul Haysby, and a very special guest has just waltzed into the studio for another off-the-bench appearance. Damien Martin, I think we're going to make this a weekly thing.
1: Oh, look, I just miss you guys so much. Get to see you Monday through Friday and thought, what am I doing with my Saturday off? I'm going to go back in the studio and see those lads. So thanks for having me on again.
0: No dramas. Welcome anytime, Marto. Now, the Perth Wildcats, they've finally come home. Uh, I'm sure you've got a bunch of old friends that you've caught up with this week who are itching to get back out onto court eventually on Sunday, but how are they feeling now that they've actually been allowed to come back to WA and get settled back in at home?
1: Yeah, there were some beautiful moments captured when they were walking through the airport where there was Scott Morrison and his wife and children, Jesse Wagstaff embracing his wife and three little ones. You name it, it's just been a long time. So that that raw emotion came to the surface when they were literally walking through the exits of Perth airport. So that was amazing. And then the next day, or two days later, they had to isolate for a day, Uh, Jesse Wagstaff took his daughter to school and our daughters go to the same primary school and and my wife happened to drop my daughter off that day. And Jesse's been away for about eight weeks, nine weeks, actually. Looked at my pregnant wife and said, oh, you are pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> the audacity. I don't know if that's a start you'll want to have, you know, rekindling the friendship with someone you haven't seen in 10 weeks.
2: Well, I thought you were going to say he got one week quarantined by going to school because of COVID. <laughs> that wouldn't have been ideal after being away for so long. But what about Mitch Norton? Is he mm. coming back into this lineup after missing last game?
1: Yeah, he'll be good to go. He was really frustrated that he had to miss last week's game against after sustaining a little head knock against Mitch Creek. In so the So is that concussion Melbourne. protocol? Yeah it is. It is. So I I shouldn't say a little knock. The reality is Mitch is as tough a guy as you're going to meet. So if he had to miss a game because of concussion protocol, you know, he got hit pretty well. So he'll be back and they're a better team for him being out on the floor, especially against Adelaide, whose backcourt are their dominating scorers. Last time they play Adelaide, they got smoked in the first half, Mm. in particular the first quarter, and the first quarters have been a big issue. How do they fix that? Yeah, it is their Achilles heel and everyone keeps asking, you know, what are you going to do about a next game? And with the exception of one game that I can remember in recent times, they're still starting poorly. So there's no quick fix to it, whether it's just trying to implement a really simple first up offense just to see the ball go through Mm. the hoop. But their running place for Vic Laurie is missing. his running place for Bryce, they're missing. Whatever it is in that first two or three minutes, they just can't get it going. But hopefully they rectify that issue on Sunday.
0: Damian Martin with breaking news. Imagine the best DM breaker, the world's best rock breakers. Mitch Norton, we're expecting to line up this weekend for the Wildcats. Marto, lots been lots been spoken about. Michael Frazier the second. Now mm-hmm. he he looks like he's taken a step forward. How does he fit into this team and should they be looking elsewhere?
1: Oh, uh, look at it's a business at the end of the day. Now, if they weren't sitting third on the ladder with nine home games coming up to close out the regular season, then they'd probably be looking seriously elsewhere. At the end of the day, Michaels, you, <laughs> there's so much pressure on imports in general. But one thing we don't realize is for a lot of years, we only had two imports. This is only the third time I want to say in NBL history that we've actually had a season where you can have three imports. And when it comes to your third import, his upside is still as good as any other team's third import. It's just that we haven't seen his best, far from his best. You see what he did in college, what he's done professionally previously. Denny Mills, who was a big reason why he came across here, obviously basketball operations manager, he says that Frazier can be as good as anyone else out there on the court. And if that's the case, I'll back Denny because he was an NBA scout for a long, long time, knows his basketball. And if Frazier's got some great basketball ahead of him, while the boys are sitting where they are on the ladder, hold on to him and bring that to the surface. It'll get there at some stage. You make a good point. There's 10 teams
2: now. if They've all got three mm. imports. That's 30 imports. So in the past, we may only have had 20. So now we're digging deeper into that pool that's already made bigger because of what's going on with the NBA with top-up players and the like.
1: And there's a salary cap as well. So you've got to remember, you don't want to spend the most money on all three imports because there's a lot of great local players who are asking big bickies as well. So yes, Vic Law and Bryce Cotton, don't be surprised if you see them in the first-team All-NBL team. But after that, you can't judge Michael Fraser on those two. They get paid to do what they're currently doing. But on the flip side, Mitch Norton, we want to see big things from Toddy Blanchard, we want to see big things from. Michael will slot in with that next core group of players. Who wins and why? Why? Oh, mate, you're asking the most biased person, <laughs> Wildcat supporter that's in town. Uh, the Wildcats by 12, but Adelaide are desperate for some wins. They've got the personnel to do it. They just haven't gelled really well yet. So don't be surprised. Sunday Detch, one of the best defenders in the league, guarding Bryce Cotton, his former teammate. Some great bigs in Daniel Johnson in particular. So it'll be a good matchup, but I see the boys getting it done.
0: Damien Martin joining us off the bench this Saturday morning. Imagine the best, DM Breaker. Distributors of the world's best rock breakers, dmbreaker.com.au. We'll be back with more after this. Off the bench with Paul Hazelby and Jimmy Williams. Good morning. Hope you're enjoying your long weekend. Jimmy Williams and Paul Hazelby with you. And hey, some sad news that rocked the cricket world during the week was the passing of Australian cricket legend Rod Marsh, who played 96 test matches. For Australia, but gee, he provided some golden moments, opportunities as good as gold, McMahon. Baymore. What a cricketer. Oh,
2: absolutely. And uh, no bigger than yesterday, talking about golden moments, he would have just loved the outpouring of emotion and support that came from everybody. In that particular era, when you talk about Dennis Lilly and Rod Marsh together, they had 95 dismissals. More dismissals than any other com- combination in the history of the game. 90 was Gilchrist and McGrath. So you think about those two and how strong they were, well, think about Lilly and Marsh. And to hear some of the figures that played alongside him, that he coached as well, and as Adam Gilchrist, very emotional when he spoke about the sad passing of Rod Marsh. He meant a lot to a lot of people. Even the current cricketers and Pat Cummins spoke about him in a lovely way. Talked about him being able to connect with the next generation and get the most out of those cricketers. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2005. He held a lot of different... Coaching positions, selector positions, and he'll be missed. And uh, he's gone too soon, and our thoughts are with Roz and his family.
0: Yeah, it's very, very sad. And Adam Gilchrist was on radio earlier this week just describing how much he idolised Rod Marsh.
2: So I, I sort of
3: thought about being a fast bowler, I like Dennis Lilly and then I just the only problem is I couldn't bowl. So uh, <laughs> I then went to shopping one day in regional New South Wales or down in northern Victoria across the border to get uh, Christmas presents one year and I saw this pair of keeping gloves and I thought, that's it, I want those and I want to be like Rod Marsh. And There's a photo of, uh, that probably just spurred me on. It's, I saw it when I was about 12. It was a picture. I was already having a crack keeping before that, but there was of him sitting, I don't know whether it was at a tea break or a lunch break at a test match, and he's sitting in a lounge chair in his whites with keeping pads on, and he had a cup of tea in one hand, and, a, and you know, back in the day he had a, a good dart, with cigarette in the other hand, but, but it was the, the tape around his fingers that caught my attention, and the relaxed, confident sort of uh, attitude of a of a bloke that had a swagger, but had a humbleness too, and it was a picture that I'd never forgotten that just made me my heart beat so strongly that I wanted to be him. I wanted to do what he did, and I'd never forgotten that photo. I've, I've managed to sort of track it down, and as it turned out, he used it on the cover of his book, Gloves, Sweat and Tears. Hello, <laughs> Rod, but um, it just to the point where on the Under-19 Australian tour back in 1991, I thought the photo was taken, in, was taken in England, so when I went on that tour, I made sure that I sat down in a lounge chair and Outside a cricket change room, and I had someone take a photo of me with a cup of tea, and I was never a smoker, but I probably stuck one in my hand just to create, recreate the and reenact it. But and I just put the tape. I wore tape on my fingers through my whole career, just the way Rod Marsh did. And you know, obviously, he later explained to me why he taped his fingers that way, and it made sense. And yeah, just so many things that are going to be reflected on, which is going to be a great celebration of an amazing loss
0: Adam Gilchrist there speaking about Rod Marsh, who sadly passed away during the week. Uh, We're thinking of his wife, Roslyn, and three sons. Marsh played 96 tests for Australia between 1970 and 1984, 355 dismissals behind the stumps. Golden moments, opportunities as good as gold, McMahon, B more. What a legend,
2: Paul Hazelby. Absolutely. In that era, you talk about the people that uh, when I was young, I didn't get to see him play but my old man and they just talk about that combination and him as a likeable character. Love life and it is very sad but he will be celebrated over the coming days. That's all we've got time for. Off the bench, Paul Hazelby. Great to have your company
0: on this long weekend. Please take care out there on the roads. Double demerits are now in effect until midnight Monday the 7th of March for speeding or using a mobile phone or radar detector while driving, get caught, and you could lose your licence twice as fast. Jimmy Williams and Paul Hazeby, back with you next Saturday. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by
2: surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely, and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply, so visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13